Yes, so excited to be here for this three and a half hour long episode that we're recording. It definitely could be, yeah. <laughs> we determined, you know, if if Martin Scorsese can do it, why not artists like us? Yes. We can also turn out that much content and have people saying, wow, that was a good use of our time. Yeah. Well, he is the one who said that, you know, it's real cinema. There's no real cinema anymore. So we're bringing real cinema to podcasting. Uh, you know, and... I am. Uh, I would agree with uh, Martin Scorsese <laughs> that a lot of things I have been forced to watch in the last couple of years are not, in fact, real cinema. And I, mean, I do feel cinema. like this is more cinema than such as The Jungle Cruise. You which know, I did the have great thing about this movie is. It's a movie. It feels like a movie. Wait, what was... Who said that? <laughs> what was that about? Harry Styles. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> and totally um, Don't Worry Darling, press yeah, tour. Really, the two oh, are neck and neck in gosh. a show circuits. No, um, because... No, no, Harry Styles isn't doing his little dance in this movie, which is... Yeah. <laughs> Sad if they just brought him in for a couple minutes, like in the courtroom scene or something. He's in the background just doing a little doo doo doo, little little jive in the background. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, Killers of the Flower Moon. I've I've been apprehensive of this and then excited for this and then shocked to see its runtime. Um, Honestly, honestly a disturbingly long movie like if you're going to do a three and a half movie you have to add an intermission like that's just yeah that's just rules i would agree (laughs) like just and especially because it would have fit in here to have his little folksy intermission card as they did in the 1920s 30s 40s and 50s well the thing i don't understand is like okay you go see a broadway show Yes. It's two and a half hours with an intermission. I sort of think that like if you if your movie is past the like two and a half hour mark, yes. we we deserve at least ten minutes to like go to the bathroom and get a refill. Yeah. And honestly, it'd be good for business for the theaters because yeah. they would get more food. Like Taylor Swift, that <laughs> should have like that should have also had an intermission. Yes. Yes. I agree. I mean I know that Hollywood's like busy fighting for equal pay and stuff, but I think that should be next on the docket of like things to prioritize. Yeah. Giving the people a freaking intermission. Let's strike. Let's yeah. strike it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody listening to this podcast, we're not going to see any more movies until we get intermissions yeah. <laughs> in movies that are over 2.5 hours long. Yeah. Thank you. Or you can much. do what I did, which is. I went to a move. I went to the movie and I watched two hours of it, and then I left, and I bought a ticket for the next day and went two hours late to that to finish it up. And when I when I was rushing in because I timed it a little bit close, the guy scanned my ticket and he's like, "Oh, you're in theater," and he's just like stopped and he's like looking at it and he's like, "Ma'am, this started two hours ago." And you were like, I know. I was like, I know, I know. I'm just like, I love the end. Like, <laughs> I'm back. 
I love the end. It's my favorite part, the courtroom <laughs> scenes. It's great. Got to get back in yeah. there. Uh, but that's a that's the joy of a list. Is it forces me to it, it gives me an opportunity to have a you know a twenty four hour extended intermission. Um, mm. But it also tells Martin Scorsese at all that I was willing to pay twice for this film. Yes, you saw it is twice. Is true. <laughs> but that's what the record shows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let the record no. show Shelby loved so much she watched it twice where I so never much. paid to see it. I saw it at a press screening. I know. So I was just I was just making up for yours, you know. It's it was like, also the hottest it. press screening. Like there was too many people in the room and <sighs> I was just like sweating. I had to get up and like go to the bathroom in the middle of it. And usually <laughs> I don't do that. But I was like, I'm going to go out there just to like cool off for like two minutes because <laughs> I just need to like get out of this environment. When did you take your break? When was your intermission? I honestly don't. No, because then because then a friend texted me and was like, hey, like what? um, uh, Like, when should I go to the bathroom in the middle of it? And I was like, I don't I was like, I can't even remember exactly when I went to the bathroom in the middle. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I think um, it was during like the court trials that I oh, so towards the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like more than halfway through yeah. or or maybe it wasn't that maybe it was when like Jesse Plemons was like going around and um you know, like, Jesse like doing it. his little, yeah, his little re- recon in yeah. the town. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was definitely after the house blew up because I was like, I got to stay for that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the anticipation. We were sort of hitting a lull. Yeah. Um, but okay. So let's talk about like anticipation for this movie because you have read the book. Yes. yes. I have not read the book. Yeah. Um, but I like Martin Scorsese more than you like Martin Scorsese. I think yes. I was more excited for this sort of like as a movie made up of the pieces that it's made up of yeah. um, than you were. So yeah. walk us through your feelings going in. Well, I think we talked about it with our like, uh, like I our think we've talked about this list. like three times on the preview <laughs> list because it's been pushed back a bunch. You're right. Um, so yeah, at first I was like, why is this dude doing this? Then I read the book and I was like, okay, I could see why like – the book is a very, very well researched, very narratively written um, story of this like horrific chapter in Osage and America's history. Um, and so I really loved the book. Like I think the book is so easy to read, like very accessible. It reads like fiction, but also just like so much information, so many characters and like he really does his research. It's really powerful. So I recommend it still, even if you have seen the movie, if you haven't. Um, and so after reading it, I was excited because the trailer that came out around the same time I finished reading showed a lot of the Osage. Like it was very much, you know, focused on the indigenous Native American community and the Osage beliefs and culture and, you know, costumes and and funerals and all of this. So it was like, it seemed very... I was willing to give Scorsese the benefit of the doubt and like believe that he did his his utmost to like center the indigenous um, voices in this. Um, and so I was like excited. I and he's a great filmmaker. I probably would have been more annoyed if I knew it was three and a half hours before I booked the ticket. Because um, that's oh, you just... didn't realize that. I feel no. like that's <laughs> been the main story going around for like months no i didn't uh, that detail fled my mind i forgot i was like oh at least this isn't the irish man and then it 
than it well, it wasn't quite as long as the Irishman, but close. I think the Irishman was four, yeah. but yeah. No, I mean this we've known this is gonna has we have known this was going to be long because it premiered at Cannes back in June and had a you know a lengthy runtime then. So mm. um, you know, I think that there maybe was some tweaking of things in the couple months in between, but nothing, you know, like major, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, reading the reviews after this, like a lot of people have cited the book as sort of this whodunit, like, oh, it centers the FBI agent. It's like much more about like what's happening and how, and you don't get answers till the end. It's like true crime. And I think that is true, but I think David Grant, the author, does such a good job of really enmeshing you in the Molly um, Burkhart family first. So the first third of the novel is only from the Native American Well, it's not a novel, right? It's just No, a, no, no. Yeah it's, yeah, it's research. Then the second half is – the second part is from the – it's through the FBI, like the birth of this bureau and who's sent to solve it and how they start to solve it and what they put together. And then the third is all about David Grant's research and like how he realized it was even bigger than what anyone – first imagined um and and so i think it was hard for me to see these reviews that were like oh it's this movie does a better job than the book at like and i'm not calling you out i know that sounds like just drag me but no i i think most of them agree because on surface it is this whodunit but what's different with the book and the movie i think is that while the book is sort of this whodunit unraveling and you're like shocked and awed by who actually did the killings whereas the movie you know straight away um i do feel like the book ultimately did a better job of really explaining the systemic kind of issues of racism and especially the violent ownership or expected ownership of like wealth in this country um than the movie maybe did for me. So all in all, I would say I didn't hate the movie. I just, I don't know. I I feel torn about it, I guess. There's pros and cons and there's good and bad. And I think ultimately the book for me was more concerned with making sure we understood how systemic and intentional like this reign of terror was and how it went beyond Hale and Ernest and and um, it told us more about like, you know, guardianship programs and the head rights and all of that. So obviously you get more details with a narrative nonfiction than you do in a three and a half hour movie. <laughs> Shocking. Only a third of the uh, audiobook. Um, so yeah, it was kind of weird having read the book because I feel like the book is so well, well researched. It gives so much detail. That for Martin Scorsese to read it and be like, you know what's interesting is the stuff we actually don't know anything about. <laughs> and so he makes up a lot to focus on this Hale, Ernest, and then Ernest and Molly's relationship. Yeah, well, I think part of the – well, I mean, there's a lot of different things going on with yeah. the uh, adaptation in the book and whatever. Um, yeah, obviously there's a lot more time in the book. And one of the things I did – find frustrating about the movie is I felt like it didn't explain enough of yeah. how the system works. You know, they're talking about these head rights and oh, who's full blood and part yeah. blood and 
and oh, this person's got to sign this paperwork. And I was really confused as to like, obviously the Robert De Niro character is trying to get land rights so that he can get the money from all this oil that's on the Osage land because the Osage people are super wealthy because they discover that they're sitting on all of this oil. Mm -hmm. But it was really sort of confusing all of the like logistics. And I think, yeah, in a book that would have been a lot more clear um, where I think that he was trying to get to the more personal aspect of the story. Um, And so skipped some of that which i was like this could have been helpful and if we have three and a half hours you know like i could have probably used a a margot robbie in a bathtub talking about head rights um (laughs) section for me well and it's not only like helpful it's like essential to how the abuse was allowed oh yeah definitely So it's like it was kind of odd that he wanted i think narratively he was like oh we want to feel like earnest like we're all kind of like what's happening like what is this paper what am i trying to do what am i agreeing to but I think that's insincere to like how these people were helped, aided and abetted in taking these sort of violent um, loopholes in the law. Yeah, it, it, I do think it sort of contributes to this sense of dread in the movie that if you're slightly confused by how all of this works, then you kind of don't know who's safe and who's not safe. So by yeah. like... It, he removes the whodunit quality, but you're sort of like, wait, like how far does this go? And like, how much are like, who's involved to what degree? And like, what exactly can they be getting out of this? So I think maybe that is part of the reason, but I think one of the interesting developments about the making of this movie, which I think is part of the reason why everybody is talking about the whodunit aspect in the review is that Martin Scorsese obviously like read the book, got the, the rights to make this and originally wanted to make it sort of this whodunit story that was mostly fixated on the FBI Mm -hmm. and Leonardo DiCaprio, who has worked with Scorsese a lot of times before was going to play the Jesse Plemons character, the sort of FBI agent Mm -hmm. who goes out to the Osage area and sort of solves this case. And we, we've definitely seen this story before, like wind river and there, you know, these like, there's a murder on the reservation right. kind of plot lines um, where the main character is some white person who just comes in and has to uh, sort of solve the case of a dead native American person. And so that's what he was attempting to do. And then at some point in the process of, of writing the script, and you know doing the scouting and whatever he met with the Osage people and they had some you know I I don't know I think kind of uh enlightening but also like sort of harsh feedback for that angle and we're like hey actually you should uh spend a lot more time focused on sort of like the Osage people rather than this FBI plot and so they kind of had to retool everything and Leonardo DiCaprio got cast as a new role the there was a lot more like consulting going on in the script and the shoot and you can you can see that i think in that this movie like in some ways it feels a lot like a martin scorsese movie but in some ways it feels very different yeah um in that there's a lot of kind of pieces to it that don't really feel like something that he would normally do. Like you could see this kind of being a like departed type movie almost. And instead there's a lot of, there's a lot of 
you know, these um, old camera footage of the Osage people that, you know, isn't like real footage, I don't think in most cases, but stuff that like mm-hmm. he filmed on set in like old tiny cameras and that there's like they did replicas of old pictures there's like funeral ceremonies there's this really beautiful scene where like the mother dies and sort of like departs with the ancestors there's just like a lot of things that feel kind of much more like quiet than Mm -hmm. Scorsese normally puts in his movies and so I think that it's you can tell that there were other people aside from him involved in the putting together of this script and movie which gives it an interesting quality i think rather than the sort of yeah like fbi agent comes to town movie that we could have got well and i think you know to martin scorsese's credit he has been like vocal about the horror of the white man you know like i think that's been a theme in many of his stories. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, as he's spoken about this movie and reading the book, he's like, yeah, I think I think he's, one of the quotes is, I wanted to capture the very nature of the virus or the cancer that creates a sense of kind of easygoing genocide. So there was real intention not to use this as like a view. It wasn't sensationalized. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, let's show these murders, like zoom in on that, like – Yes, there was like graphic murder, but it wasn't, I don't know, kind of enjoying it or um, wallowing in it like some worse movies have done. Um, and he clearly has respect for the people, one, for involving them, which again should be bare minimum, but is unfortunately a rare not, yes. occurrence yeah <laughs> well and involve them like in a realistic way yes, it's not like yes. oh yeah we had like one person on set for two days right. and they were a consultant yeah and they clearly like like that's something that the osage have said they really appreciate about the film which is the attention to detail with the language the costumes the um the customs all of this like detail work around the Osage beliefs, but also just the way that lifestyle was in those years of, you know, the golden years. Um, And so I think that comes through definitely in the direction of the movie. I, I think where it starts to split for me is that he can't help but just like lean back on that sort of like, (laughs) I don't know, kind of like there is just a weird energy where when it was just Hale or Ernest, there was this weird like goofiness that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, the the Robert De Niro character is definitely like a lot more jaunty. Like he's sinister, but in a way that's sort of goofy sometimes or like, I don't know, funny. And then Leonardo DiCaprio's character is just dumb. Uh, yes, a lot which and was so choice yeah and so the, you get this like um like sort of simpleton energy that goes in weird directions sometimes yeah. one of the things that i found frustrating about the movie was that i don't think it ever like molly burkhart played by um lily gladstone feels like such an intelligent like wise character she's like observant she figures out what's going on like you know before 
other people do. She's just like really on top of it. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character is this dunce who like didn't really sort of got like kicked out of the military. Doesn't really have anything going on, like comes to town to get a job from his uncle who's like, yeah, sure. I guess you can be a chauffeur. Like, and the fact that she falls for him is confusing to me there it's never clear why she's that interested in him and then i think another issue in the movie is that like he's this terrible person obviously terrible people can be good in some regards but there's this like even though she i think has to realize that it's him and his uncle who are doing everything bad she's kind of like not willing to give him up until the very end. And he is presented almost like as this like morally conflicted kind of like good guy at points when it's like, wait, no, he's just, he's doing like terrible thing after terrible thing after terrible thing. And I think the movie just takes a too long to sort of dole out the verdict of like, he's a bad person who has been doing shitty things for a long time. And yeah. it takes too long for it to let her be like, to see that based on how smart she is. Like, I, I don't know the, there's something. And I guess I don't know the real story well enough to like say what's true and what's not true in those dynamics. And I think a lot of it's fictionalized, but yes. the, um, but yeah, so I had some squabbles with like that kind of, character relationship development stuff. Yeah. I think it's interesting because they really, they've been like, oh yeah, the thing we realize is the heart of this movie is the Ernest and Molly relationship. And we wanted to make that the main crux of the film. And that's what Leonardo DiCaprio has said. That's what Scorsese has said. And it was, it was weird to read that back after seeing the movie, because to me, so much of the movie is strangely, like, yes, Lily Gladstone does a great job. She's a very interesting and compelling and and richly drawn character. But the movie, both the POV and screen time, is mainly centered on Ernest and this weird, like, yeah, tortured kind of like, oh, I got in over my head, like goofball, kind of like lackey to his evil, nefarious uncle. Like, there's literally a scene of him getting spanked. And it's just, those are oh, all yeah. details that were just like made up. Like, you know, the one thing you don't have research on is the conversations between Hale and Ernest and like Ernest's involvement. So sure, there's room for interpretation, but it's interesting that instead of seeing a guy willing to murder his wife's entire family and potentially murder his own wife that he has children with, instead of reading that as like pure you know, horror, they're like, oh, well, what if he was really sad about it? Like, what if he was really torn up about it? Like, what if he was driven to alcohol because of it? Like, you know, and I just, (laughs) I struggled with that because the complexity of that relationship was not interesting to me. Whereas the complexity of Lily Gladstone trying to realize like her husband who she loved and had children with was capable of that was the more interesting piece but it was ultimately sidelined to make room for you know the well, the heisty elements of it you it also it is a difficult kind of story to tell i think i mean again like i don't know all of the of course. The details. So it's hard for me to say like what a better option would be. But if you have Leonardo DiCaprio just being this 
evil person for the whole time or for most of the movie, then that's like really not compelling to watch because he's just this terrible person. But at the same time, it's difficult to make Molly Burkhart the like main character, main character, because there's a long chunk of the movie where she is stuck in a bed. And so it's like, if you want to see the action that's happening during those times, you have to have another character that you can go to. So I like, it makes sense, I think, from a structural point mm-hmm. of view, why, like, sort of those choices were made. But, yeah, it doesn't – I don't know. I feel like they needed to, like, move, move faster yeah. or I don't know. Like, like there there were some, like, tweaks, I think, that needed to be yeah. worked. Well, because I, think I do what... think it's interesting how you get – like, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is kind of stupid. And so – it is like how far can the uncle, who's obviously the much more savvy one, like convince him to do things before he sort of realizes, wait, like this is bad. But I think that you don't get to see that moment super clearly in the movie. Well, where because he, like, it's all made up. It's made up to make Leo's character more palatable. Like it's that's a complete fabrication. Like this man was like we can't. Like, did he, in the book, does he, like, marry her for the money, like, from the jump? It's not, like, set. Or we don't know. we don't know, like, why hell. We don't know. Like, it's, like, supposedly, you know, her her descendants said that they loved each other. And that's, you know, you have to take them at that word. But it's, like, the the language director, Christa, Christopher Cote, he was, like, yeah, I had torn feelings watching this film because on oh, one yeah. hand – it's like great to see my people, my culture represented. But, you know, he had this like really powerful statement about like, obviously you want the Osage to be able to tell the Osage story and watching this, it didn't look like love to me. And I think that's where it sits for me is like they were more than happy to make Leonardo DiCaprio's Ernest like someone who will not like forgivable like he's clearly an antagonist and you understand why molly ends up leaving him but he's also given a lot of humanity which is something that isn't like historically accurate so why choose that you know and i think that's where it kind of but i do me the think, wrong way but i do think that the end comes down like very very harshly on him like yeah, I don't, for sure. like I don't think it leaves you with like, a, oh, like he was conflicted, or like right. maybe he was a good guy who was like taking advantage of the. Like I think that scene at the end where she's like, "Did you sort of poison me?" Yeah. and he's like, "What?" and then she gets up and leaves. Yeah. Like that is such a strong indictment of him as a person. Of like, yeah, you did know what was going on. You did know what you were doing. You were a shitty person. Like you can't blame this on your uncle. Yeah. Like, like you might have been able to in the legal system but like i know that this was you were just as guilty as he was and just as involved and like now that i'm well and i don't need you anymore like i am getting up and leaving and i will not be speaking to you again yeah so i i like that but no i thought i saw that um that same video of the of him talking about it and that's what's so frustrating i think just like about the like hollywood in general is that like this was a very popular book they Mm -hmm. easily could have got a director who was a native american or even a member of the osage nation to you know 
direct it, write the script, like to be in charge of all of those things. But you know that they would not have given it this budget. You know that it would not have gotten this much time or this much publicity or have been this much of a deal. So you kind of have to, it's like, well, okay, which like in this shitty situation, like which option is better that you get like Martin Scorsese and it gets all of these extra like perks or to go, and not have that. Like I don't. I it's I it's sort of like both things are true at the same time. Or yeah, like, it's like and I think that's good like and sucky. yeah. It's like I think you know obviously uh, the people who've been asked the Osage members who've been asked about it don't speak for all of Osage, but they have seemed sort of conflicted. Where it's like yeah, it's really powerful to see that. I like that they really took time to present our customs, our beliefs, our language very well, and that's like great and again bare minimum but it's not done often um but i think yeah it's like the the people who get to tell the stories is always going to color how those stories are told and i think martin scorsese does an interesting thing with the ending that sort of addresses that um the final scene is just like it cuts to the future there's this big radio show telling this like true crime story with like full sound effects actors all white explaining like what happened and I found that very interesting because it highlights like how we as a culture just like absorb trauma for our enjoyment or entertainment and it's just like wow like look like the cycles continue now it's podcast but it used to be these radio shows and then Scorsese comes out and delivers the final line where he's like she died it wasn't like you know I, I don't know I don't remember what he says but it's mostly a line that's like Oh, and we never know the whole, like, this is all it said in the obituary and you never really know. And to me, it was like interesting to have that be the sort of final narrative piece where you kind of get the bow tied and to have it be proof that stories are so often manipulated to whoever's doing the writing or telling. So in the radio show, it was much, it was very much making like a pro Hoover like, look at the good old FBI agents, like, story. And then Scorsese comes out and he's sort of admitting culpability and doing the same thing where he's like, yeah, I'm this, like, white old director who's now telling the Native American story, too. And it's, I don't know, I think that was interesting and helpful for him to do, to realize, like, yeah, I probably am not the best person to tell this story, but we have to start telling these stories. And I did appreciate that interesting choice. Well, Scorsese, I think, is an interesting director. And part of the reason why I think so many people like him, despite the fact that, you know, he is this old white man, is that he, in all of his movies from the beginning, there's always this criticism of these, like, um... Not necessarily privileged, but like of these white men who like think yeah. that that they deserve something, and it's like no, you're actually just these terrible people. Um, and and I think he hits that over and over and over again in his in his movies, like examining that, even though obviously that's a group that he is from. So there's sort of this like self examination in there as well. Yeah, but yeah, I I really I liked that ending, and then it sort of cuts to this like big scene of all of the. Um, Osage people dancing together as like the final shot. Um, yeah, and, and it's nice because it was like a modern, like it was the yes. current um, tribe 
dancing and and so there was like all these modern elements that made you tell like oh they're in jeans they're wearing you know so it wasn't like going back in time it was it was centering us again now to be like they can tell their story I think that the most exciting thing to come out of this is Lily Gladstone as an actor. Like, she's been in things before. She's in some of Kelly Reichardt's movies, like First Cow, um, and, like, has been an actress for a bit. But there was a story about how she was planning on, like, sort of like the Kihi Kwan thing from last year, where she had signed up to do some sort of, like, like, online technology course or something Mm -hmm. like to do a career shift and then she got an email that was like hey martin score says he wants to meet with you and so this movie was like what kept her in acting but like every review everything coming out of it is just like she's phenomenal such a great performance like absolutely incredible and you have to hope that you know sort of like um michelle yo last year that she'll now start to get a bunch of roles and have more say in projects and so maybe this will be the start of more Native American projects in Hollywood just because you know like now we've got another or maybe not even another maybe like one the first like big big um you know Native American star that can lead some of these things and put her weight behind stuff and I think because this movie has gotten such good reviews. It's doing well in the box office. Like it's definitely going to be around for the next bunch of months in these Oscar conversations. Hopefully the strike will end and she'll get to do a lot of press and whatnot. And she'll most likely be nominated, if not win that she'll, you know, that a lot of good will come out of that in the next while. And hopefully it'll open things up, you know, sort of how like something like crazy rich Asians did where all of a sudden people are like, Oh, Oh, wow, stories about this. This is crazy. I've <laughs> never thought about this before. More people are talented than just these white dudes. Yeah, that women. Yeah. What? <laughs> Who knew? Um, yeah. No, I think there. Like I said, there were elements of this movie that I really respect, but I think generally, I just, I think my discomfort was wrapped up with my second audience, which was a full theater, mostly white people, obviously, um, and. They were just laughing at certain parts, like were they like laughing the... at Brendan Fraser because that was the worst <laughs> part of the entire movie. I felt like when when no. you get to the courtroom scene and it's Brendan Fraser who's there, and then he like has to deliver these weird lines. It's like no, like I don't know, I don't know how he got cast, but no, we got to get him out of here. <laughs> you Bad. just don't like him, or you didn't like how he played the character. Well, I, I mean, I like I, I just I feel like he was very miscast for the role because he's so like whiny and. Well, like, this is just a rich lawyer, so. <laughs> I know, but I feel like lawyers are, like, usually less, um, <laughs> I don't know, they're, like, more boring. <laughs> yeah, no, it was more the scenes where, like, I wrote some of them down because it was, like, what? Um, oh, it was, like, all the, like, criminals coming out. Like, it was, like. This that's the thing that rubbed me the weird way the whole movie is that it felt almost like a like a Ocean's Eleven style. Let's figure out the heist where it's like these goofballs who are fighting about like messing something up, like when Blackie stole Ernest's car and Hale chews him out, or when Hale spanks Ernest, or like when they're like fighting at the party and he's like, "Get yourself together, get yourself together. I need you to calm down and get." And it just. It felt kind of like hokey and this like folksy music is playing and everyone's like laughing about like, oh, these stupid criminals, like they're going to get it. 
But I thought that that was sort of on purpose with the criminals of not necessarily like the spanking scene and some of their like more jokey banter bits. But I thought the point of that was to show how like this act of incredible violence and that was over a long period of time to a lot of people was not orchestrated by like the highest, most smart group of people. It was just that there was so much racism in the country and so many people wanted these Native Americans to lose it anyways because they were like oh they're uppity and they took the whatever that it's like it did not take the top level criminals to pull this off like it was just regular like uneducated stupid people and there was so much prejudice that they could do whatever they wanted and nobody was looking even though it was this giant thing so i don't know like no i agree i guess the audience reaction is whatever but i kind of felt like the fact that you're dealing with all of these bumbling people who like can't even get their shit together was just a further indictment of like society and the legal system at that point in general yeah i guess it just makes me I just don't trust audiences (laughs) to always like sit there and think about it. So it felt like it was giving permission to write them off as these sort of like fools. It was like, I don't know. And, And especially towards the end, it felt like the humor picked up as they were being found out. Like it was like, oh, what do you mean? I meant to give you a 20. I promise. I meant to give you a 20. It wasn't a dollar. It was a 20. And it's like, and then like the next guy comes in and he's like, well, I hope you guys have your pencils or whatever. And so it's like all the jokes start coming in at the final part where it's like, no, this should be the most like gut-wrenching part, like the realization that, I don't know, it, it comes back to this whole like premise being not the who done it, but more like how far will they get? Like there's just something... I don't know, hokey about like watching Hale get, you know, clean up his mess and get someone killed and try to get someone else killed and like blah, 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 like cover his steps. And by the end of it, it felt too humorous for like the final 40 minutes. I didn't necessarily feel like it was like once they get to the courtroom case, like Like once they're like, it mostly the Jesse Plemons like catching everyone. Like it's like, you know, the undercover guys get arrested and then the they realize like their story's not going to hold because this guy's there and now they have that guy. And it's like well, there was yeah. like all the police station stuff, I guess. And then and then if it's not that, if it's not like, oh, these idiots, it's like, oh, your daughter's dead. Don't you feel bad? And we're supposed to like the, feel bad there, for him. The last like 40 minutes is sort of an odd tone because yeah. it switches from like n- this – because sort of once Molly is kind of like out of the woods, yeah, um, and then you get into this like legal case, the drama is like will like who's gonna get convicted and who's gonna yeah. sort of rat on who, and so it moves into a really different like kind of I don't know tone of a yeah. movie or type Maybe of a movie. So I can definitely see that, but I kind of feel like i don't to a certain extent you have to have that like plot wise like i don't know if you'd cut the movie off early and just like did a couple of you know plaque cards about like what happened in the trial if that would have worked um i it just like, felt like it lost the respect for the osage and the losses there in that sort of courtroom scene where it's like i can understand like oh when i think is i think it was blackie but the guy was like yeah I'm, i adopted my two kids and um 
I just wanted to see if I could kill them for their head rights type thing. You know, like I understand like, oh, it's meant to show the banality of evil. Like it's just a non question to these guys that they could do it. And they're like, what's the big deal? But but it just I don't know. It just felt a little like cruel to focus on that as a source of shock and awe humor instead of like remembering like well those See. are actual children those are actually people who did actually die and whole whole bloodlines were lost i feel like it was less of like shock and awe humor to me and more of just like look at how stupid these people were who were able to do this um like more of an indictment on the bad guys than anything yeah. um but no, I felt that the the fact that they got rid of the whodunit element, because I didn't know the story well enough. So I felt like it was really like a race against time. And the tension was so high as like these sisters are dying off and you know that eventually they're going to be coming for Molly. And it's like, will she and the other Osage people be able to kind of like figure out some way to stop this in time or will that or will she end up you know getting killed off with the rest of them it's sort of like a like will they get the person off the train track sort of uh energy right that that i don't know i i felt like as like yeah after after she's sort of in the clear a little bit and you get to the court case like i think that was less like the tension sort of deflates a little bit because you're kind of like, okay, like, yeah, they're probably going to get hail and all, and all the criminals are so stupid and they're all turning on each other that you're like, okay, yeah, like this isn't really, doesn't have that much gravitas towards it. But like that scene in the middle where she's like walking on the train platform and it's just all of the like white people on the train platform with her. And she's like, I know that these people are out to get me. Like, I know that they're killing me, but I don't know exactly like how and who and how to stop it. Like, I thought that scene was incredible. And I loved, I don't know. I thought that the, I thought that the, that the structure in that part of the story worked really well for me at least. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously who knows how I would have felt if I didn't know the story before. I just feel like it felt like, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough to do stories like this that are both unknown and like un you know, not respected, but also make it approachable for people who don't know it, you know? Like I I well, get the song and dance, but another thing I thought was like, which God forbid, we we don't need another mini series, but I was like, <laughs> this I mean, the fact that it was already three and a half hours long. I was like, why? Like, this feels like it could have easily been a mini series. And then you no, could have I had, like, <laughs> what? I well, mean, like, maybe no, if it well, was but, like. But but then you could have had episodes sort of like dedicated to these different right. things. And yeah. so then they, so then the tone shift would have been, you know, um, like when they did the OJ Simpson, I mean, God forbid, <laughs> bring Ryan Murphy in here. But, you know, it's like when they did the OJ Simpson trial, it's like, rather than try to incorporate all these different aspects of the story into one thing and try to like make it all work. It's like you have an episode that's okay. This is just about the jury. So it can sort of be a different energy. And if you had done that, then you could have had an episode that's like, okay, this is just the court case. This is just the, you know, sort of 
Osage people finding the oil and creating, like you could have sort of split it up in ways that I think maybe would have given more attention to certain things and wouldn't have, because right now there's a lot of story that's sort of like jam packed into this movie. And I think to a certain degree, it doesn't always work as smoothly as it could just because you have a lot of things to cover in a not that long period of time. Yeah, I, I think they could have trimmed a lot of the fat around, especially around the hail and earnest. Like, no, I I needed that spanking scene. <laughs> that that we can't get rid of. That. I know. Uh, I feel like there's just a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of strategy sessions like between these white dudes who were committing crimes without breaking a sweat, and like I get that that's the story, but it just felt like more and more of a disservice to the actual like horror. And I feel like that's what, that's what I liked about the book is that even though it was like about this guy coming in and how he was able to research and break through the different, um, you know, uh, people and loyalties and clues and whatnot, it was so much about like the cruelty, um, inflicted in the day-to-day of the Osage. And while that's here, it's just, you know, it becomes a secondary story to De Niro and DiCaprio being like, (laughs) I've got you. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just felt like they could have trimmed about 40 minutes of that. uh, You think they could have gotten rid of the scene where Robert De Niro asks Leonardo DiCaprio if he's gay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, or like the the scene where he's like, oh, you got to sign this paper now because I don't care about Ernest. I don't care that that's going to be the thing that makes him be like, oh, are they going to come after me next? I do not care. Like, that's not at all. There were definitely some side plots that I felt like, okay, this is taking a lot of time and maybe we don't necessarily need it. Like the whole sequence with the um, the sort of like uh, alcoholic friend who um. De Niro is also swindling out of money. The yeah, uh, the Native American. Well, that's like, sad. That's like the sad truth. Is like, well, I think, yeah. Sorry, but but <laughs> I was, but I'm just like, okay. If we're, I feel like the the key, the main story was like the Burkharts or the, I mean, like like uh, Molly and her sisters. Um, and so I feel like we could have spent more time on them as a unit and cut off like, and then also some of the like, yeah, okay, did we? Did we need all of the different um, types of like interactions of the group of like, okay, who's the person who we're getting the TNT from and yeah. who's stealing the car for in the insurance? And like some of that I think could yeah. have been streamlined too. Yeah. I think it was just, yeah. In saying, oh, I want to center this relationship with Molly and Ernest. I don't want to center all the white men like with the I, I think there's a blind spot for Scorsese where he thinks because he's focused on Ernest, he's actually focused on Molly and like, wow, isn't it horrible that this man can right. do this to his family? But I think in the end, it ended up being about a lot of white people, which it is because they are the ones committing these heinous acts. But I do think the scope of it is the more shocking and horrifying part of both the story and the film where it is yeah. sad that this man can be like negotiating the lives of his daughter or his niece-in-law and her whole family, but then also simultaneously be happy to kill his best friend manservant without like, without caring. And so I think highlighting how many people were just like just 
destroyed and how their lives had value before that. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been better to bring in more of that, but I don't know the best way. It just seemed like, you know, you're two hours into this movie and you're barely getting to the fact that Ernest is going to start killing these people, you know? (laughs) So in the three-way race that is this versus Oppenheimer versus Barbie, how do you feel like... What a horrific trinity. (laughs) I know. I'm like... This is a right, this is going to be a cursed year. Oscar race. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do I respect the attempt, I guess. I'm I'm frustrated by the continued like one step forward, two step back feeling you get with some of these. Um I think it was too long. I think it was focused on the wrong things and I think the apologetic look at Ernest was a misstep completely. Um not that they had to make him this like horrific monster, but I think they really, really, really decided to try and say like, oh, but he's torn about it. And that's just like made up. That was a choice. And I think that says a lot about how we still struggle to believe the worst in people who aren't cartoonishly bad like Hale. Um, but yeah, I think this story is more important to tell than Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oh, well, so <laughs> in surely. that sense, it's well, winning. That's I kind of feel like the the Oscar frontrunners right now are Barbie, which obviously, you know, I did not love yeah. Oppenheimer, which I also did not love this. And then the holdovers, which is yet to come out. But I also sort of hated. And I'm like, <laughs> am I going to is this going to be one of those years where I'm sort of stuck, like like where I'm stuck yeah. rooting for Killers of the Flower Moon just because yeah. I like it? the most like is this back to the year where it's like well do i want vice or bohemian rhapsody or green book to win it's like uh, Uh, yeah yeah so we'll see so hopefully the color purple is really great and uh saves the day yeah i don't know if i recommend people see this if you're gonna spend three and a half hours on something you'll you'll basically get through half the book and i think the book's better so well there you go or you could watch Oppenheimer. No, that no. Great scene I do not where co-sign Florence that. Pugh no, is writing Killian no. Murphy while reading Sanskrit. <laughs> Emily Blunt's there, being like, "Oh my gosh, she's huge." <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Uh, well, you made it through, Shelby. <gasps> Thank you. I know. Thanks for watching this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what next week is but we're getting to the hunger games movie is coming out soon there's another marvel movie in the works yes yes. um lots of good stuff coming down the pipeline um thanks for listening everybody sorry that this episode is not three and a half hours long it's only 50 minutes (laughs) what are you gonna do with the rest of your night (laughs) but we'll see you guys next week bye (laughs)